Hi, and welcome to The Big Juggle, the podcast where I talk to fellow mums and experts in their fields about navigating life with a baby or two in tow. I'm Jessica Weinstein, and this week I'm talking to Claire Plater, the award-winning interior designer and founder of design agency No Vanilla. As the name suggests, Claire is a fan of bold choices, both when it comes to her work and when juggling looking after her three children, starting a new business just after her husband set up his own business, and decorating her own house on a budget. We also talk about how childcare changes as your kids get older, and how it doesn't change quite as much as you'd think. And I get some inside interiors information for anyone looking for some new season inspiration. I hope you enjoy it. Right, I'm so awkward and so not, like, feel free to, like, not use this or edit a lot. No, no, you won't be. I always feel that you feel like you're being awkward, um, you know, when you're being interviewed. um, But it very rarely, it very rarely sounds like that. I mean, I feel the same as the interviewer. Um, Well, yeah. you don't sound it at all. I've listened and you don't sound <laughs> Weirdly, because I'm, I'm used to interviewing people, but like never for broadcast, you know, because obviously as a journalist, I interview people a lot, but no one ever really gets the me of it because I'm just writing writing yeah. down what the other people say. Um, and I get to think about my questions beforehand so I can kind of sound quite eloquent and knowledgeable. Um, mm-hmm. But I was interviewed myself the other day for the paper and I was just like this is like I'm not coming off at all well (laughs) (laughs) babbling away and so I think you know that is how most people um think they sound but it's very rare that you listen to an interview and you think "Mm, that person sounds like a moron (laughs) okay fine I hope this isn't the first time but I'm gonna trust you I'm sure it won't be um so I'm actually really excited to speak to you. Um, First of all, and you probably hear this quite a lot, um, but I love interior design. Um, I have a little kind of dream board in my head of what my house would look like if I were able to kind of start from scratch um, and do it up. Um, And I suppose, do you get that a lot? Because I suppose everyone everyone thinks they have good taste. So do you get people talking to you a lot about how much they love design and how into design they are? I feel that um, it's something that as you get a little bit older, as you become like a proper grown up, it's, hmm. if you're interested in any way in style and design, I think it sort of transitions from fashion when you're a bit younger. And then as you have your first home or you know you buy your first place, um, start family, it becomes much more important and it becomes something that um, you get really excited about and you're sort of it's where you can have your design all around you and you can be surrounded by it so it for a lot of people sort of takes over from fashion and it becomes Mm -hmm. your go-to and um, also like purchases for the home like you get to enjoy it all the time rather than clothes that you only get to wear occasionally so um, no I do find that people as I've got older and I've actually moved from fashion to interior, um, I'm finding that more and more people are excited about it and yeah, always asking my advice and chat about it. So yeah, it is something that I think even if you're not a majorly design person and everyone lives in their surroundings and everybody Mm -hmm. is affected by the space they're in. So yeah, it is something that obviously affects everyone. 
And um, we, we've been seeing a lot, you know, what with lockdown um, recently, people have been doing these lockdown makeovers saying, oh, you know, I've been stuck in my living room for six months and I hate it. So now I'm going to transform that. Um, have you come across that? So um, it has been absolutely crazy. The number of new requests and new clients coming through is is mad. <laughs> like I, I didn't think it would go this way. But yes, people have been sitting sitting at home looking at the four walls around them and thinking about all the things they want to do and all the things they hate so yeah there is a massive uh, a massive surge in in people's interest and I mean actually I work with I've got a partner who's one of my closest friends actually and we started working together and she moved in to a new house like weeks before lockdown and has been doing her own renovation throughout so I've been you know, seeing that come into fruition as well, which has been quite exciting. She's got all her kids involved with, you know, paintbrushes and sanding down. So yeah, a lot of that going on. Um, I have myself got lots of ideas of what to do, but I have not had a second to do any of it myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of that. A lot of people, I think when they've been incredibly busy over lockdown, have got ideas, but don't have the time or the headspace to actually do it. And then, you know, there's the other people who've had a lot more time who have been busy, busy actually getting on with it and doing things. Yeah. And how has it been working through lockdown? I mean, two aspects, I suppose. Number one, the thing that we've all been dealing with, having the kids at home. Um, but then in terms of, you know, how you actually work as an interior designer, I assume you often have to go to people's houses um, yeah. and that hasn't really been possible. Yeah, it's it's been really hard. And obviously it's such a all our clients we we have such a strong relationship with them and you spend time together and you really get to know each other and obviously it's so tactile and physical and you know going to showrooms and going into people's houses and checking on progress all the time it, it's been really hard I, I hate doing things over video I find it really difficult because I, I like to be there in person see people see see the products mm. together so we have we have worked throughout but it's been far from ideal um and we've had we had a lot of projects that were sort of just started or were halfway through and then they kind of trickled along throughout so we you know we kept things going as much as we could um but obviously they did slow down and then as soon as we've been able to we picked up properly and as soon as we could get back on site and back um back to normal in any way we, we've been doing that and it really it was so exciting, like going into the houses that we've sort of been seeing through photographs and videos and actually being in the space and seeing it. And um, it felt, felt so good to get into the space. Mm. And you said, um, obviously, you're used to going to the houses and to showrooms and stuff. Um, and presumably you get a lot of the inspiration from the people that you're designing for. Um, mm -hmm. But outside of that, where do you tend to get your ideas from? I don't know. I, I think everywhere. I know that's, <laughs> that sounds like a bit, I don't know, pretentious, but but it really is. Like, I, I see something anyway, whether it's, um, it's something that could be like even on the underground and I notice like a detail on, on the stair treads or, you know, wherever you are, restaurants, shops, art galleries. I see sort of colour combinations or patterns and it just sort of logs somewhere in my brain. Obviously, there's subconscious taking in of um everything you know from magazines and instagram and all of the the more general things and i'm sure i'm influenced by it like everybody is and you think you're not but every you know everybody is taken in by 
by what they are exposed to but um, mm. yeah, I think it's just a little bit of everything and I always have like I can just see things in my head that will work together and I have this idea and when you actually then manage to get it all down and get the samples together and get the mood board done and sort of transfer what's in my head onto paper and then to the client it's a process to get you know <laughs> my thoughts to them but it's exciting when that happens when and it all sparks from somewhere um it all sparks from somewhere and you know my I can't even tell you my my phone my, on my phone I have about 50,000 photos because wherever I am I'm just snapping away sort of like store that for later remember that one um and it really sometimes can be the most the most random source of inspiration so is it like you're constantly on yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very much so yeah it really could be anything how how do you kind of juggle all of that with you know having a young family you've got three children so I suppose yeah. a lot of the women I speak to say you know they have to kind of train themselves to not be on their phone or to not be checking an email not be updating Instagram so I suppose you've got all of that but then at the same time you know you'll be walking past something and you'll have to go oh hold on a second let, let me go take a snap um, how do you kind of incorporate that into your non-working life so um I do try to put my phone away and I try like whether it's work-wise or social whatever it is my phone is going you know non-stop but I try to make times that I look like with WhatsApp I don't reply instantly to things I have time you know everything's on silent so I will have times you know a couple of times a day where I'll sit down and I'll deal with all my messages because I just can't I mean I, I would never get anything done if I was just there you know <laughs> responding instantly so I'm very much not an instant responder like I have time where my phone is completely away not looking not making a noise and I buckle down and focus on things. And I have times when I deal with it, you know, particularly with kids, you know, meal times, I'll always put it away. But yeah, it does come out um, on and off on the on the on times. Yeah, it is there a lot. And so um, during lockdown, it was of a very, very busy time trying to actually educate three children who are in primary school and keep the business going and, you know, feed and clean and you know all the things that everyone else was doing but mm. for me at that point I cut out Instagram completely so I, okay. I I knew that something had to give and I really couldn't do everything so I have had a six month six month break from Instagram um and that actually felt like quite a relief that it was like one pressure taken off so um, I'm now slowly I mean literally just this week trying to get back into it and making it part of my routine but but that felt like something that I could cut out. And in general with, with social media, like I, again, I spend sort of once or twice a day, I will sit and, and post something. But other than that, I'm not on it all day long. And, you know, if, if you, I, I don't know how anybody gets anything done otherwise, you know, <laughs> if, if you really are on it, I, I, yeah, there's, there's just not, not time in the day. You know, I have to be very, organized and structured with my timings and mm. and it is getting harder now as my kids are getting older and they're awake for longer you know we were discussing to try and to time when to speak but you know the evenings are even slipping away from me now because the kids are up for longer and yeah. there's, there's less time um and you know now it's nice that at least there's there's you know I've got a working day again that the kids are in school again during lockdown I was working through the early hours you know it just 
had to wait and sleep was also the thing that I had to give you know there just wasn't time to sleep very much um so I am trying also to be better with switching off because it is something that of um and so I am trying to take more time to sort of to, to take it you know nobody minds you know if, if it's urgent you're aware of something being urgent that you're looking out for or if somebody calls you 10 times you answer but you know on the whole things can wait half an hour mm. to be dealt with and you know you have a sense of I have to deal with this now and you know this is an emergency but when you really stop and think about it, you know everything can wait that small amount of time whether it's just you're putting the kids to bed or I just need some headspace whatever it is like I'm trying to to schedule those times in and and what I'm also realizing is if I say I'm gonna see how it goes and if I get a chance you know I'll, I'll take a half hour walk or I'll you know go and meet some friends for coffee or you know do something for me if if I say let's wait and see and if I can fit in it never ever happens ever you know yeah. people go months and months without finding spare moments so what I'm trying to do I'm not succeeding that much yet but this is like my this is my plan from now on is <laughs> actually putting them into my diary putting it into my schedule and I know that you know if I have a meeting in my schedule I'll be there whatever happens but for some reason when it's something for yourself you see it as optional so yeah want to need to consider those things as important as a meeting to just take time to do things for the kids for myself things away from work that are set in stone yeah I think that's very healthy and um if you manage to do it please let me know and let me know the secret because I think as women and as <laughs> mothers we always put ourselves last um we're the least important thing on the on yeah. the to-do list um and especially yeah. with lockdown now you articles they're kind of conflicting, I suppose. On the one hand, you've got all these articles saying, you know, our home life and our work life are completely merging. There's no separation. So you have got people working mm -hmm. early hours because your computer's there and you feel guilty. It's kind of like you can't shut the office door in a way you could, you could, you know, when we were going into the office. And then on the flip side, you've got all these wellness um, professionals saying you've got to take time for yourself, you know, go for that 30-minute walk. Um, mm -hmm for your yeah. mental health, for your physical health. And I feel like it's, there's a lot to make sense of. It's very kind of confusing and it's very difficult, the practicalities of it. And um, especially as we're yeah, looking in lockdown now, um, where I think we're all just, you know, first time round, we didn't really know what hit us. But now we know what the mm -hmm. lockdown might be, you know, having the kids home the whole time not being able to go out um and it's very difficult and I don't think we've come up with proper strategies really to no and I I think we were just we were just trying to get through the day at, mm. you know when it, when it happened and it was just it was just survival it was just get everything done that needs done keep everybody fed and happy and alive and the work done and clients happy and if you've done that you know you don't even think about yourself and but I know that if I'm you know I'm a better I'm a better person to be around I'm a better person to my mum I'm more better to my mum I'm better um, I'm better as a mum um, and also I'm more efficient with my work and it feels like an after I mean it is an afterthought it is the bottom of the list you know self-care but it, it can't be and it has to it has to move up the list I know that 
if lockdown were to happen again, or even just in without lockdown, just everyday life, I, I know that I need to be better at just making some time to, to stay sane. So do you feel like you're moving towards a more kind of nine to five working day or still not really? Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely shifted. It's definitely much more normal. I'm working while the kids are at school. Mm-hmm. Um, there obviously are things that, um, you know, go on in between and after hours, but the, the bulk of my work is done during the school day from the time of picking up from school to getting the kids to bed. That's like the kind of half in, half out time. Yeah. Um, um, but I think if, if there's anything important that needs doing, you know, I'm very lucky that I've got support from my mum, my mother-in-law, that if if I have something important that needs doing, you know, it's it's much better for me to just ask for help and be fully committed to work rather than pretending that I'm there with the kids and that I'm able to juggle it all at the same time. You know, just admit defeat and just, you know, let them spend time with the grandparents while I go and properly focus on what I'm doing. I'm realising that, I really can't do more than one thing at the same time. <laughs> I'm really not a multitasker. And I actually don't think anybody can. I think anyone who thinks they can doesn't realise they're actually not doing either one properly. <laughs> I think I'm so like, do one thing, do it properly, and then move to the next. And I think yeah. for too long, I've been trying to do everything at once. It's like, no, just one at a time and just focus your attention properly. And you do everything better that way. So yeah. I'm trying to compartmentalise a little bit more. <laughs> and just, yeah, know, to also to know what you're, focusing on to know what you're planning to focus on to not like be all over the place Mm -hmm. and just have a bit more structure wherever you can to just put that structure into your life to put those those boundaries in rather than hope that it happens naturally you've got to kind of look at things objectively a little bit more do you have kind of a structure a family day structure so you know are you strict on dinner times bedtimes things like that so that you know what's happening and when it's happening yeah I am yeah like I said the the, either the bedtime's becoming a little bit more fluid like my daughter's just started high school and so it's just like a whole new ball game and I, Mm -hmm. I find it's always the way with kids it's like I've always been very much into plans and routines and, you know, for my benefit, not for theirs, I know, but, you know, I'm like three weeks old, I had them in routines just so I could fit around them and I knew where I stood. You know, I always like to have a set of rules and I know where I stand. Um, but I, I, it's, it's always the case, but maybe it's slowed down as they get older, that just when you think you know where you are and you, you feel like you're in control and you know what the plan is and then like something changes you know they grow up or you know they drop a nap and <laughs> and it just I, I think at the beginning it happened more often and then it probably just slowed down recently that I was like feeling really confident like I've got this I know what I'm doing and now like with the evenings away like you know it used to be like from seven o'clock that was my time and that was yeah. like, whatever I needed to do that was for me and 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 it was like a minute after seven, any minute after seven o'clock, that was like eaten into. Like, I'd just be furious. It's like, I mean, this is my time. I've worked hard all day. Now this is for me. And I'm having to now adjust to the fact that my daughter's awake later and, and yeah, it is around me. And so, yeah, it, it is, there's much less of a window of sort of me time. It doesn't yeah. happen until, until, until very late, but. I suppose, yeah, you just have to always adjust. So I'm, yeah. just, I'm getting used to this one. I suppose she's old enough to be awake, but still not fully self-sufficient. Um, it's kind yes. of the worst of all worlds. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I think, 
I think when your kids are little, you you have this vision of when they're older that they're going to be like really self-sufficient and they could, you know, you know and, I, and I'm waiting for the moment when it's like, okay, you, you don't need me at all. But I mean, obviously I don't really want that. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to be heartbroken when that happens. Um, but also, yeah, they, they always need you. You know, they always, yeah. or even if they don't need you, they always want you. They always want to to spend time with you and you to help them with things and yeah um, so yeah the, this vision I had of like oh yeah like once you know they start hitting high school it's all <laughs> it's you know it's 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 different but it's not um yeah we're not free of each other anytime soon and <laughs> um, so you mentioned before you know focusing on doing one thing and doing it well so talking of doing things well um you've recently been shortlisted uh for the real homes home and garden of the year award is that correct <laughs> So it was actually as the Real Home Awards that was some, something that's been and gone, and I and I, okay. win. I, I was, did win that one, so I was chuffed with that. And then this new one is the UK Interior Awards, which I've been shortlisted for. So right. I'm down to the final four at the moment. Amazing. So can you just tell me, is that for a design that you did for a client or you know can you tell me a bit about that? So that's actually from my own home. So I've, I really wanted to client homes but the, the rules of that one it was it had to be um for your own home so it was um yeah our home did about I think it was like a total total mess renovated the whole thing but on on a pretty tight budget so um no we're, we're really happy with the result and um and yeah that's what that's what it's up it's actually what, what's the name of the word I think it's best eye for interiors but it was yeah mm. for for my own house Amazing. And how would you describe your style? So the name of the company is No Vanilla. No, <laughs> Vanilla but it actually is, no, you know, we don't do bland designs. I think yeah. it's quite boring. It's um, bold and exciting and it's quite eclectic. You know, I don't like to do a particular style and have everything in the same style. You know, it's not matchy-matchy. I like to mix and match stars wherever possible and you know something really modern with like some antique pieces but um it's you know obviously I have to tone it up or down dependent on the client but generally I think people come to me because they want something unique and exciting and a bit different um it's not yeah it's not beige it's not bland so <laughs> we, we like to do sort of fun designs when you know we often have clients who really let us go for it which is which is really fun and we love it and you know and they at the end they're so excited by the space you know they just I feel like when you push it that bit more it kind of can lead to so such exciting results that they feel like really passionate about and just love being in the space at the end of it we hope always <laughs> and for your house um did you get free reign or did your children and your husband get a say at all so um this is the third property that I've done up since right. I married um so <laughs> I feel like at the beginning it was like you know 50 50 we'd discuss everything but by now I, I don't even ask him anymore <laughs> I just right. get on with it so yeah he has very you know he and there might be things along the way he'll kind of catch a glimpse of and he's like really I was like just <laughs> trust me it will be fine and you know luckily he's happy with the end result um but yeah we've we've reached a place now in our marriage where we, we know where we stand we know what we're doing we know our roles so I <laughs> um and with the kids like they they had yeah they did have some input eyes they chose the colors for their room I mean my son I showed him like I must have shown him about 
10, 20 different blue swatches for his walls. And he could not see the difference. He had no idea. He was like, they look right. the same, mum. I was like, fine, you know, I'll choose. Um, and my oldest, yes, she was quite involved in like the theme and what she wanted. Um, and then there was like a few extra bits that were sort of with the kids in mind. Like we've got in the downstairs toilet, um, we um, it was horrible, horrible old tiles. So and because I said we're a limited budget, so we just painted over all the tiles. And then the kids got um, permanent markers and they got to do like each tile individually by, you know, a doodle or a phrase or something. So they had a lot of fun getting involved and writing on the walls with that one. And um, thing, um, I've got a door, which is actually to my office. And I wanted it to look like, it's like a secret door. So I wanted it to look like a painting and then you push it open and there's like this, this room that you didn't know was there. So that oh, was wow. the kids got quite involved with like helping me pick the painting to go on there. And it's one of their favorite bits of the house. They love it. Oh, I love that. That's so, so different. Um, that's really interesting. So your office is at home. Is this, is, was your, did you always work from home even before lockdown or is this kind of your office now? No, so I always work from home um, since I set up my business. Um, but yeah, it used to be just me. Yeah. So, um, it was very different. And then suddenly everyone was there with me and my office was completely taken over. So my office now doesn't look quite the same as it did beforehand. They've slightly <laughs> battered it. But, right. um, but yeah, now it's it's back to just me again. But yeah, I've, I've always worked from home and I, something that I really, really loved having been in employment previously. I really enjoy working from home and being home on and off through the day. Mm. I suppose because you're not really working from home all the time, are you? Because you're going to find houses, you're going to show rooms. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm only home sort of, yeah, on and off. You know, I, I sort of have some designated time to sit and do the office bit and the emails, but it's, I probably spend, a, yeah, I definitely spend a lot more time the house than in the house yeah it's not it's not a desk job most of the time and when you are out of the house how do you um kind of keep your hours to you know whatever timetable you need to keep to um you know I don't know for pick up or for anything to do with your family or your children I mean have you ever been caught in a meeting that's just going on and on (laughs) from like a particularly demanding client and you're looking at your watch um only rarely you know I normally give myself you know very sort of big windows of, of spilling over you know, right. if, um, in case of emergency but I do have you know I have one day that my mum picks up one day that my mother-in-law picks up so on those days I can totally relax and if I have you know a big meeting or a big you know trip or I'm going to a site visit that's far away you know I'll always do it on those days so I know that there's actually no limit you know I always I like to be home to to put the you know to do bath and bedtime, but worst case scenario, I know that that you know that they they won't abandon You've them. You've got the back. after, and they're fine. So I'm yeah. really, really lucky that I have that, and I will always you know I always do like the shorter local meetings on the days when I'm doing school pickup on the days when I'm not. Yeah, that's it's amazing to have that that my day can go on as long as I need it to. So it's a real a real luxury to have that. A lot of the women that I've spoken to for the podcast. Um, have mentioned that um, their husbands are very supportive and very flexible as well. So um, he actually set up his own business uh, just before I set up mine. So right. 
<laughs> so I've been very starting businesses at the same time. Yeah, I let him go first. I let him get, and I stayed in my sort of employment first. And then once he was up and running, then I went for it. So he also like there's days where the kids don't see him at all, and there's days where he'll take them to school and he'll be there at bedtime. It mm. it really really varies from day to day. You know, he's amazingly involved when he's around. You know, one day to the next, our working life is is very different. Well, it's the the benefits and then the struggles, I suppose, of running your own businesses, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so there are times, you know, if the kids are doing a show or if there's, if there's anything important with the kids, you know, we both of us can be there. You know, like I said before, if you put it in your diary and it's important yeah. enough, you'll make sure you're there. And you know, it's amazing that. Or if I have got somewhere where I've got to be like super early in the morning, you know, can he can be there and he can help us help me out with that so um yeah it goes both ways I I, I used to have when I was an employee um I I used to ha- I mean I used to have absolute panic every time it was coming towards a school holiday or if one of the kids was a little bit ill you know it was total panic like what am I going to do this time how am I going to deal with this and so it is amazing now that I don't have that but then you also don't have that you know, you shut the door and you leave the office. And that's, you know, the same for me and my husband. We both have it that there are definitely benefits for having your own business and being in control. But yeah, it, it also means it never stops. So I have two questions that I'm asking everyone on the podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't worry, but they're not too intimidating. Um, okay. So my first question is, um, um, is there a piece of kit that you're aware of that it exists now um, it didn't exist when your children were young or babies, um, but you wish it had been. Oh, good question. I mm. feel like I feel like so much has changed. I'll tell you one of the, one of the main things was the. I mean, this this shows how long ago it was that I had my first child and the video monitors. Right. I remember, like we used to be sort of sitting thinking, like my first, she used to scream like nonstop round the clock. <laughs> um, and I remember like, every time it went quiet, I would have like absolute panic and think like, oh, I just wish I could see if she was okay or not, and then of creeping and just check that she's breathing. And I really wish that we just had like a video just to, just to see. And I, and, I, and I'd always be saying like something terrible could have happened. And my husband would be like, she's fine, she's fine. I'd be like, oh, what? She's been sick. Or what? Something's fallen. And so I would have loved to have just been able to peek in and see. And I think they even came out sort of as we were having her, but they weren't as commonplace as they are now. So um, yeah, I would have liked one of those. Um, yeah, I have to say the video monitors, they are great. Um, but you've got to get the angle right. And I find my children, they always kind of shimmy into that little bit of the cot that you can't <laughs> quite see them in. Um, so, so you, you know, sneaky. it makes them defunct anyway. <laughs> um, and then my next question is, what's the best advice you've ever been given in um, parenting or business? Okay. So something that a friend said to me, I think before or when I just had my first, she said to me, just... If you achieve, I think, one thing in the day, whether it's, you know, getting a load of dishwashing on or um, making something for dinner or whatever it is, like in those early days, you know, just achieving one thing, you should be really proud of yourself. And I think very much I, the concept of not being a martyr, not making things difficult when they don't have to be, you know, helping yourself out wherever possible. You know, so many people have these ideas in their head of how it's going to be and then you have kids and it all changes you know things like yeah. you know I never could give my kids a dummy and you know all of those things that I feel like I probably 
was too principled at the beginning and I wish I would have just made my life a bit easier um so I very much think people like just be easy on yourself be kind to yourself it it is like it, it is crazy at the beginning and it is the hugest adjustment and I think just whatever you can do you know take help when it's offered whatever people want to do to make things easier accept it and it's kind of like you don't need to prove anything to anyone I felt very much like I had to prove that I was good at it <laughs> and I was like a yeah. good mom and I knew what I was doing and the truth is I mean I don't know about other people but I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning <laughs> I really didn't you know you're just sort of muddling through and like it's, yeah. it's okay to not know what you're doing and I feel like that sort of still now it's like I, I realized the more I speak to other people particularly lockdown but particularly you know when people who are working and juggling things I, I I feel like everybody feels like they're failing at some point and everybody thinks that they're sort of the only one and everyone else has got it down and everyone else you know knows what they're doing and is handling it amazingly and it's just you who's struggling but I think I think we all feel like we're failing either in the work department or the parenting department at some point and nobody's really got it all together. Yeah I think that's fair and at the same time nobody's really failing either. I suppose. Exactly. Everybody thinks they're failing, but they're really not. Yeah. Great. And just before um, I let you go, seeing as I have an award-winning interior designer on the phone with me, um, what is like this season's hot styling tip for interiors? So we're seeing like there's a big move from all the greys that have been going on for years. It's now much more sort of warm, uh, more earthy tones. So um, a lot of like textured stone and wood and it's much more yeah like naturals, beiges and browns rather than the greys. And I think especially with everything that's been going on, I think there's a real move towards just a sort of comforting feeling, like wanting a space that, you know, you don't, nobody wants the cold clinical anymore. It's like you want something that just feels inviting and welcoming. So a lot of warmth and texture and layering of fabrics um, and I, even with us, you know, we don't, like I said, generally go down the overly neutral route. But even when we're doing, you know, a really bold design, we're still putting in like a lot of neutral accessories um, to kind of just bring in that kind of comfort and sort of inviting feeling. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much. I love a top tip. <laughs> um thank you so much for talking to me and honestly you were worried um that you'd come across awkward or you wouldn't have anything to say and uh you're, you're brilliant um thank you everything thank you, you did so was really well expressed interesting and thank you so much for taking the time thank um, you no, lovely to speak to you thank you so much thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did Remember to check back here for the next instalment of The Big Juggle or hit subscribe so it downloads automatically.